Come on, let's sweat, <laughs> baby. Let the music take control. Let the rhythm move you. Sweat. Everybody, sweat. I wish you could be here with me right now. David is control. dancing. Let the rhythm move you. These are the gay hands, you know. My eyes, my eyes. Well, it is the beginning of summer, so we had to have a real sweaty kind of song, and I thought <laughs> this would be a perfect opening. So, welcome to summer, Renee. Welcome to summer indeed, David. Thank you for that little visual. You're welcome. It's burned into your memory. <laughs> I love it. Hello, everyone. I'm David Leet, publisher of the website Leet's Culinario. And I'm its editor-in-chief, Renee Shetler-Rossi. And welcome to our podcast, Talking With My Mouthful, and our first annual Summer Sweat Fest. Sweat Fest? That's disgusting. <laughs> well, I had to do something, so I some name for it. What would you call it? Summer? Oh, well, that's so... That's like so Martha Stewart. Summer. Hmm. I think Sweatfest is so much more us. All right. Sweatfest it is. It's all things hot, sweaty, and sexy, like, for instance, Boston's hottest chef and baker Joanne Chang. Mm -hmm. She'll be talking about Mama Chang's hot and sour soup. Then we wing our way all the way down to hot and melty Phoenix to find out how firefighter and paramedic Nicole Harrison cooks for a firehouse filled with sweaty firemen. Oh, Lord, why could that not be an on-location recording session? Oh, brother. And as soon as David regains his composure mm -hmm. and remembers his beloved The One... Oh, yeah, him. ...we'll get a little hot under the collar with them debating city life versus country life in the next installment of Green Acres. Yeah, but still, let's sweat, baby. Let the music take control. Oh, my. Let the music move you and sweat. Ow! Baby. Stop. Joanne Chang has been a favorite of Leeds Culinaria and of mine ever since she came laden with edible gifts when I interviewed her for our other podcast, Author's Answer Series. And we're lucky once more because she has come bearing gifts again. Welcome, Joanne. Thank you so much for having me. So, Joanne, as soon as I opened a copy of your current book, Flower mm. 2, and everybody, that's Flower 2, T-O-O, -O. very clever, um... I was really surprised in a really good way to see so many savory as well as sweet recipes. Yeah. Just since you're, I guess, primarily or maybe originally known as a pastry chef. So tell us, how did, how did you come to that decision? It's funny because when I wrote the first book, mm -hmm. I thought I'm going to write a baking book for everybody that's going to include everything we do at Flower. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't thinking about the savory end at all. At Flower, we do uh, sandwiches, soup, salads, pizza, quiche. We have a whole selection of savory items. Um, and after the first book came out, immediately people started emailing me and Facebooking me and tweeting me and saying, you know, thanks for the recipe for the oatmeal maple scone, but what about the egg sandwich? Uh, mm, or what okay. happened to the chicken avocado sandwich? Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's a whole other side there's of flour. There's a demand. demand. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so when my publisher reached out and said, would you be interested in writing a second book? I thought, you know, there's actually enough material on the savory side of flour to do a second book. Nice. So that's what led to flour two. Two. Great. Now, one of the recipes in flour two is the hot and sour soup, Mama Chang's hot and sour soup. And I've got to say, it captured my imagination, and I know that it captured the Rossi, Shetla Rossi household. My husband loves hot and sour soup. Every Excellent. time we go to a Chinese restaurant, he 
always, always, always orders it. And so last night I made it for us. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. It was fabulous. And did you oh, like good. it? Well, I did. I mean, Eddie loved it. And he actually, usually when I quote unquote test recipes, um, you know, I have to beg him to take a taste of something. <laughs> I'm like, what do you think? Because I always love someone else's opinion. And he actually said to me after his second bowl of soup, "Nice, you know, hey, you can keep these leftovers. <laughs> really? Which doesn't happen. That's a big compliment, right? Huge, That's huge. Wonderful. I mean, but you already know it's fantastic. But I have to say, like, I was really surprised because in my experience seeing him watch Hot and Sour Soup all these years, the consistency is often kind of gloppy. gloppy. Yeah, yeah, for lack of a gloppy better. Gloppy is the word that I, that comes to my mind when I think of yeah. hot and sour soup that you get in restaurants as well, which is one of the reasons why I want, I so wanted to put this recipe in mm -hmm. the book. Because in my home growing up, when my mom made hot and sour soup, it was never gloppy. And I didn't realize that when you go to a restaurant and get hot and sour soup, mm -hmm. it tends to have that almost gelatinous quality exactly which i think some people now just um they assume that that is what hot and sour soup is right. supposed to be like so part of what i wanted to do with this recipe is show people here's another type of hot and sour soup that i grew up with that i think you'll enjoy and you use egg as a thickener correct there's no cornstarch corn starch. Yep. Exactly. You, you make the the soup really really hot mm -hmm. and then you add egg to it and mm -hmm. the egg instantly cooks and thickens and so it does get a little bit thick but not in the same way that cornstarch makes a soup thick and then i think the f the flavors are so much cleaner that way absolutely and you really taste the sour you taste the tofu you taste the scallions that's exactly what we thought you know we could taste the sour rise with so many hot and sour soups that you get at restaurants it's mostly hot correct and that yeah. overwhelms everything else so, tell so me, lovely tell me Thank a little you. bit about the memories you have of this growing up because mama chang made this right? yes and mama chang you said always keeps tabs of everything at <laughs> the restaurant my mom uh is she was a very very diligent cook for us i mean she was a working mom and she uh, still comes to the restaurant, and when she comes, um, she'll order almost everything from the menu over the course of you know three or four or five days, sure. and give thumbs up, thumbs sideways, really? thumbs down. Really? <laughs> Ooh, Mama Cheng, yeah. she's tough. <laughs> she is tough, but it's great. It's great to have her her palate kind of keeping everything going forward on course. Um, while you girls keep talking, I've got to taste the soup because it smells fantastic, and I can't resist it any longer. Okay, so while David slurps over there. Uh, Joanne, can you kind of talk us through this recipe and let us mm. know if mm. it's good, huh? <laughs> Doggy, that is hot. You're getting the hot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ooh, yep. The one would have a problem with this one. This is wickedly hot. It's fantastic. Well, you know, the great thing about mm. this soup, um, in the recipe anyways, it says, you know, you can adjust the sriracha, the sesame oil, right. everything to right. taste. Mm. Everything is mm. to taste. And so, you know... If you want to know, like, would I dare change my mother's recipe? Um, the thing is, my mom didn't have a recipe. You know, yeah. I, I watched her make this soup countless times, and she never measured anything. She threw some pork into the pot. She cooked the pork. Um, then she threw in some uh, scallions, um, some bamboo shoots, uh, wood ears, mushrooms. And then she would put in some chicken mm. stock and then just start mm. seasoning it. Mm. And to get the hot, she would put a little chili oil or some sriracha. To get the sour, she would put in some rice wine vinegar. Uh, black pepper, we'd keep tasting and tasting, um, cubes of tofu, which kind of act as a little bit of a cooling element because they're pretty mild. Sure. Does Mama Chang have an asbestos tongue? <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo, woo. This I, is hot. There's steam coming out of David's ear. <laughs> There's the water. Oh, good Lord. 
You know, it, I we do like spicy in the in the Chang household. We love spicy, yeah, but that can thing. be adjusted. If Absolutely. you prefer sure. a little bit less spice, you can add but a little I'll bit. I'll tell less you, spice. it's it's fantastic. I love the spice. It makes me go back for more. Mm. Isn't I it the wanting. best hot and sour you've ever had? I have seriously, to say, it really, and the sour part is what's so wonderful about exactly. it. Exactly, right? And it's 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 chin worthy. It's like chin sloppy wetness. <laughs> nice. Really good. And what really blew me away last night was literally 20 minutes. It's so quick. So quick. So many people have come up to me and said, wow, I didn't know you could just make hot and sour soup like that. But um, I think I think people just don't even think about making hot sour soup yeah. because it is one of those staples that you get when you go to a Chinese restaurant. You don't think about how easy it is. And you don't is. think you can replicate it at home. Right. Because there is, in a good one like this, it's there's a complexity mm-hmm. that I think conjures images of... You know, slowly simmered stock. Hours on the stove. Exactly. Right, right. All that. No, I mean, the hours on the stove really is, I I do suggest strongly making a homemade chicken stock. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, But I know the reality is that that some people are going to need to buy a chicken, you know, a can Mm -hmm. of chicken broth. Um, And can I tell you something? I think doing that is... Even if, even though that's sort of taking a shortcut, even that's better than you know ordering it out where you're you don't know no where comparison. the ingredients came from. Yeah. No comparison. Do you ever do you do anything special? Like do you doctor up canned chicken stock in any way? That's, yeah. I mean, if if I have to use canned chicken stock, then I will definitely um, add. Usually, I'll add some herbs, or um, if I'm doing something Asian, then almost always scallions, um, some nice. cilantro, just something to brighten it up a little bit. Um, but you know, the the canned stuff, I, I understand that it's it's convenient, and sometimes we're all so busy that right. we need yeah. to resort to that. So the soup is fantastic. Our testers absolutely loved it. Loved it. Excellent. And for anyone listening, it is on the site right now. Well, Joanne, it's been a pleasure having you on. I love your soup, and I'm going to be taking the rest of this home for dinner. Excellent. My husband sends his gratitude as well. (laughs) Thank you so much. Joanne Chang is the author of the new book, Flower 2, that's T-O-O, and can be found in person at one of four flower bakery and cafe locations in Boston and virtually online at flowerbakery.com. high school friend mm-hmm. find you on Facebook? Oh boy, that can be tough. And that, well, it can be, I guess. Maybe with stalkers or something. But um, <laughs> you know, sometimes you're just like, oh my God, where did that person go? Yeah, that's a good point. And you pick up right where you left off. And that's exactly what happened with my girlfriend, Nicole Harrison, mm-hmm. who is a firefighter paramedic in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that, like, <laughs> Nicole, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. You know, I've got to admit, I wasn't surprised when I learned that you're in all your spare time pinning a ginormous number of recipes on Pinterest. But I was a little surprised to see that you're a, a firefighter paramedic. I'm so impressed with that. Well, I, I, you know, I'm very lucky to do it. It's something that I actually wanted to do since I was four years old. And I feel so blessed that I can do it. So, Well, you know, that's wonderful, Nicole, and all you know, all that admirable quality aside, let's let's just talk about what's really important here. What is it like 
to cook for a firehouse full of sweaty men. That's what I want to know. I bring my girlfriend on the show, and that's the way you talk to her? Well, think about it. Playgirl built an empire on photographing basically scantily clad public servants. Nicole, I'm sorry. Well, you know, we are all professionals uh, because it is technically a public building. So, uh, and it is very common to have people come and knock on the door to... You know, have medical emergencies, so everyone is properly attired at all times. <laughs> so I will say, I will say that uh, that we always, you know, I've never seen uh, anyone outside of. Uh, they always at least have T-shirts, shorts, and oh know, my god, T-shirts attire. I, I, I will. I have to say that 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 is proper. And I think I'm going to really, have to take know. a fire hose to David here and cool him off. <laughs> I mean, think about it, firemen. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean. I can see the attraction for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, the fantasy, too. I personally but... <laughs> have not gone down that road with anyone with Phoenix Fire yet, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm just... I will be happy to take it down my road. How's that? <laughs> oh, my. Okay, so anyway. It is, you know, it is a huge responsibility to cook at the firehouse. I yeah. mean, that is a, it's a huge part of our day. Well, I see and... the firefighters at the grocery yeah, store fairway. often. Yeah, Renee and yeah. I live near each well, other know, in the city. It's real, I'm really glad I get an opportunity to at least, you know, Know, um, address this because it's such a misconception. Um, when we show up at work mm-hmm. every day, our shifts are 24-hour shifts. Yeah, uh-huh. that's usually one of the first things that we do. We we look at, um, you know, what are, uh, you know, what grocery stores, what do they have Priorities. on sale, um, and we start to plan what are we going to make for lunch and dinner. So it's and, like a group decision. Oh yeah, I okay. mean, you know the. One of the first things they teach you in the academy is you need to have, mm-hmm. you, you know, two or three recipes in your head that you can just show up at the grocery store and whatever is on sale, <laughs> you have to, you can make something. Get out of town. That's really? Awesome. So what are your three in your head that you can make? Well, my go-tos are my grandmother's spaghetti sauce. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I love to make beer can chicken. Oh, very good. On the grill. That's right, because you're in Phoenix, oh, so like 12 months it, a year. It's my favorite. That's one of my favorites. And, you know, and then on top of that, probably making gourmet hamburgers. Oh, that's are, cool. You know, that or steak. Those are, I actually was not much of a steak person until I got to the fire station, but it, I now am... I love it. <laughs> so, Nicole, okay, so you guys have a group decision. Everybody has a recipe they make. How do you decide who cooks on a given day? Um, some some stations have a rotation where it's one particular truck this particular day, and then mm. the next shift it'll be that truck and um, where they may cook, you know, for lunch and dinner. And so it's all of a rotation. And then also just it depends on – the truck, especially if there's seniority on that particular truck, there may be a guy who either hates to cook mm-hmm. and he's got enough seniority that he can just say, I don't want to cook. Or there may be a guy who really loves to cook and he's a fantastic cook. Okay, so let me ask you, what happens if one of the firemen sucks at cooking? Right? Well, then we usually let him or her clean, um, wash the dishes, <laughs> right? Dice, dice. <laughs> We give them minimal jobs, but they definitely will be tested during their probationary year. I mean, you have to be able to do something, whether it's make brunch on Sunday, which uh, in really? Arizona. Wait, we have. wait, wait, wait. I want to go back to this probationary year. Like, what okay. if 
you, you like suck. drag people out oh. of burning buildings, but you, you can't, can't cook. cook. Oh, you're out of the academy. You better, you, you better learn to cook something. <laughs> it is it is definitely going to be some, a reputation that will follow you for the rest. Wow, of your career. so people get like blackballed. I have the new food show for television, <laughs> the new competition, the Fireman <laughs> Show. This is fantastic. No, I'm not, and I'm not kidding you. I the best meals I have ever eaten have been in the firehouse. I the best cooks I have ever eaten nice. from have been from the firehouse. But some of the worst meals I have ever. I mean, I've heard some horror stories where you know these young guys have come from living with their parents, and they didn't. You know, they go to put these frozen uh, chicken breasts on the grill, and they they're frozen on the inside when they. <laughs> When they go to deliver, you know, feed them to the guys, and they're like, what the heck is this? So, Nicole, can you tell me, like, are you guys sitting there exchanging recipes, like, in between fire calls? Oh, man, that'd be so cool. They're (laughs) sitting there in all their gear, and they're going, okay, so I have a really fantastic tarragon chicken. What do you have, Bill? Wait, was that a half (laughs) teaspoon or a quarter teaspoon oregano? (laughs) Oh, this is blowing my entire entire image of firemen. I'm getting rid of my calendar. Nicole, thank you so much for, okay. for sharing with thank us. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks, guys. Nicole Harrison is a firefighter paramedic at Firehouse 6 in Phoenix. You can find her on Pinterest at pinterest.com forward slash A-R-I-Z Nicole. It stands for Arizona Nicole. And while we have none of her dishes on the site, I'm unofficially changing the name of our recipe for spicy eggs in hell to sexy fireman breakfast eggs in her honor. The last time we heard from David and his beloved, the one during Green Acres, we heard David and his beloved bickering heatedly about their ongoing debate of city life versus country life. David was hell-bent on being a gardener, a beekeeper, a composter, even a papa to a flock of chickens. The one wasn't quite so certain about his commitment or his ability. Oh, what a difference two months can make. is the place for me Farm living is the life I lead Land spreading out so far and wide Keep Manhattan, just give me that countryside New York is where I'd rather stay I get allergic smelling hay I just adore Penthouse view Darling, I love you, but give me Fifth Avenue So, mm-hmm. I think the public would like to know, as Renee said, how is all the gardening, the chickens, the honey, how is that going? Very curious. It's an interesting question and a fair question. Um, as I said last time, I hired people to put in the stakes for the tomatoes, and mm-hmm. I hired people to put in the stakes for the beans and the uh, peas. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. That was all done. I even uh-huh. hired someone to put all the topsoil in. But a- then, And then... I had to actually do the uh, 
farming. So you directed? No, no. I did the farming by oh, myself, okay. the gardening and the planting. Mm-hmm. And it was a very interesting thing because I did not know. You never told me that I should start at 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Before the sun. Did not tell me bright. this. So yeah. I started about 1130 in the morning. And you burned up. So the sun was entirely over the garden. Mm-hmm. And as Which soon is as why I, everything grows so well because it's entirely yeah. over the garden. Exactly. Right. So I started planting. And as soon as I got them in, everything started wilting. But the thing was... <laughs> I, I really have to admit my rather bowl full of jelly belly mm-hmm. got in the way. Mm-hmm. So I really couldn't quite bend over all the way. Okay. So I actually was gardening like Olympia by Manet on my side. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a sight. <laughs> no. Did any I, of the animals enjoy that or what? I hope the neighbors were looking. Uh-huh. And I was digging, you know, one at a time and putting all the plants in. But... I have to say, I had sunscreen on, as you know, because I have that really bad rosacea, and I had my stupid hat on. I was eating sunscreen. It was melting off Mm -hmm. of my face. I was sweating so much that every 20 minutes, I had to go lie in the shade on my back, looking up, heaving with breath, because it's really hard work. I know that. And I just, I have to say that I bow down unto thee. Oh, thank you very much. I know that. I've been waiting years to hear this. You have, because I don't apologize Mm -hmm. very often. Mm -hmm. You know, you would go out there and spend six and seven hours out there in the yard and do all that stuff, and I would wave at you like the Queen of England from my studio. I didn't have any help whatsoever. No, Just me in the dirt. Because I know that you like being out there. Mm -hmm. That's very hard work. And I will tell you that I know you want to have a partnership with this. And my part of the partnership is I will pay someone to do my part because I will never garden again. I want, I will not do it. No, 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 no. This is the last year for me. I will support local farms. We have Maple Bank. We have all those other (laughs) wonderful March farms. I will support all my local farmers because it is too damn hard. So tell me now about the chickens. How did the chickens go? It seems to me I talked to somebody who said that Chicken poo-poo can actually blow up if you have the right temperature and so on and so forth. So tell me about the chickens. I do not think chicken shit explodes. I really don't believe that. I'll have to look that up. Maybe it does. This was by a true farmer on a 300-acre farm. Really? Yep. So go on. Well, I I don't have chickens right now, but I will tell you that the— Are uh, we getting chickens? Well, Williams-Sonoma Catalog came, and they have the most beautiful chicken coops you can imagine. Mm. Just gorgeous. They come practically all made— with these beautiful uh, American flags or chickens painted on it, roosters. It's absolutely spectacular. Uh-huh. So I am thinking, you just plop it down on the grass. Oh, that's it. You uh, really, that's it. That's just you like uh, the farm again, <laughs> you said, right? Uh-huh. So I, I am, you have one battle garden or battle farming. I am still out to get you on battle chicken. Mm-hmm. I'm determined to have chickens. Just have a plan just in case the chickens don't work out or the poo-poo blows up. Well, up in the far away from the house, so if they blow up, nothing's going to really kind of go with it. Okay, that's But cool. I would like to know, I haven't been to the city very much, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did see one or two shows, which uh, Pippin, we, we saw Pippin, which was fantastic. Pippin, we saw Motown the Musical. Motown the we Musical. Saw, um, what's the other musical we saw? I don't know. We're getting old. Oh, God. Um, it's very popular, though. It is. Oh, yeah. We both <laughs> we really enjoyed it. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Okay. That's good. But we've seen all the top uh, places. And I come in, see it, and I go back to the country. So uh-huh. what are some of the things that you're doing that's sort of like summery and you know sweaty in New York and all those people 
together, sweating <laughs> on each other, getting mad. Well, I don't know about the people getting mad, although I think the murder rate in New York does go up when it gets above 90 degrees. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not experiencing that. Um, one of the things that I find really, really beautiful about New York in this time of year mm-hmm. is I go into the park. As you know, every day I walk through Central Park to go to my office on 57th Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, But this weekend I went up to the Central Park Conservancy Garden. Oh, and, you know, we yes. travel all over the world to Paris, to London, and all these different yeah, places to see, see their gardens. to see their gardens when we have some of the most beautiful, beautiful gardens in, in the world. They I were think. pretty, I mean, huh? they were beautiful. I mean, there were roses there, very manicured places to walk. I've been there before, but it's just really, really beautiful. And then Central Park itself, I mean, there's just always something in bloom. It's it's a magnificent uh, garden, if you will. I mean, how many acres is it? But It's, it's an just Olmstead a, garden. It's an Olmstead garden garden, but it's really fantastic. And I love also sitting by the uh, the fountains, you mm-hmm. know, in the Conservancy Garden. There's a beautiful fountain that you can sit by, Bethesda Fountain, with which I think a lot of people in America know about. It's just a nice way to keep cool when it's so hot. And, mm-hmm. and then, of course, um, the other thing that I do to keep cool is I constantly walk on this shady side of the street. Which you should. I, which we should. But I think people think that New York is this canyon of heat and tall buildings and just really miserable. But the reality is we are loaded. Every street, most streets anyway, ha- are tree covered. You know, so when you watch the sun, which mm-hmm. you'll learn to do with your gardening, exactly. where the sun My is farming. coming from, you're farming, yes. Right. When you watch where the sun is, you can say, okay, I should be on the north or the south or the east side of the street where the shade is. So well, my love, I'd nice. like to bring something to your attention. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You went to the Conservancy Garden. Right. You went to Central Park, which you called a very big garden. You're talking about being under trees. Gardens plus parks plus trees equals country. Yeah. All you're doing, God, <laughs> gotcha, right? All you're doing is yeah. extolling the country aspects of New York. So. Oh, but see, once you walk out of the little garden in Connecticut, that's you walk out of the garden and that's it. I walk out of the Central Park Garden and I am in the middle of an of exciting this, this city of, of the world. people who want to murder you. It, well, not really. I love it. So what else? And some, you know, new restaurants. And, Any new uh, ones? What have you gone to? I did go to a restaurant in the Time Warner mm-hmm. uh, Center called Avoce. A voce, yeah, for, uh, yeah. Uh, Italian. I went there a long time ago, yeah. yeah. Beautiful, beautiful view, delicious food, but we won't go into the negativities about that. Why not? We should. Our listeners should know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Well, you know, I think it's it's interesting when you ask a waiter, what do you recommend as far as the red wine? And I was taking a very dear friend out to lunch. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend as far as the red wine? A glass. Highest price. What do you recommend as far as the white wine? Highest, highest price. price. What do you recommend as far as the uh, the entree? Highest price. Mm-hmm. Absolute distrust, which, I mean, for people out there who dine, you know, this is just, to me, it's one of the big taboos. And then to top it all off, I was given the, the check of the table across next from uh, next to us, <laughs> which was double the price of what well, my check that you was. It. Oh, it's very See, good that I noticed that. If this were in Connecticut, that, so. that would never happen. Oh, how do you know that? Because you would never get the most expensive wine because they're very honest people out there. Oh, yeah. It's utopia out there. No, but it's good. It's good. And you People know, are people, David. Yeah, Country the, or New York. That's a very good point. Oh, thank you. Very good point. And you know, the kitchen, of course, has just been finished. Yes, so I can't wait to see it. I know. You haven't seen it totally finished. You will really love Your it. Your design was excellent, I will Thank say. you very much. I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Coming from you, Mr. Sort of real estate man. Uh, and so I'm going to start cooking very shortly. Oh, good. And what are you going to cook? I don't know. I don't know. But I just want to get in there and start doing a lot of different stuff and really use it and, and use the bounty of the gardens and the vegetables 
Howard Garden no, or the not ours. of Connecticut. Maple Banks, but um, some fabulous vegetables. Concoction, yes. Mm-hmm. And so when will I expect your presence up there to see as, the kitchen? As soon as I can get there. All right. Well, I look forward to it. Thank you. Mon cher, as always, it's a pleasure. Likewise, I'm sure. So July 4th is coming up, Renee. Yes, it is. And what do we have on our special sport? Lots. Mm-hmm. We've got all the perfect picnicables that are portable as can be. All the picnicables? Portable picnicables. Portable picnicables. Okay. Like fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Like southern sweet tea. Mm-hmm. Like salads galore. Mm-hmm. Any potato salads? Yes. Mm-hmm. We have potato salads. We also have stone fruit desserts that are sure to have people begging for the recipe. And we've got a few other surprises. And all of those are on the site, and people can find them very easily by just looking at our search engine. Yep, leadsculinaria.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Talking With My Mouthful. We want to thank our guests, Joanne Chang, Nicole Harrison, and of course, my inimitable, The One. Our producer is Tom Vagley, and our engineer is Paul Ruest of Argo Studios in New York City. I'm David Leet. And I'm Renee Shetler-Rossi. Join us again soon, when one or both of us are certain to be talking with our mouths full. Probably me. Probably.